and welcome to TV My Husband Hates. I'm Kat Sims. And I'm Regan Kempton. And we are reality TV addicts. Addicts, uh, aficionados. Ooh, I like that. Experts. Experts. Basically, we know our shit when it comes to reality TV. 100%. Hello and welcome to another week of TV My Husband Hates. How are you doing, Kat? I'm doing okay. I'm going to level with you, though. Um, it's been five, however, 11 billion weeks since we've been in lockdown. Yeah. And I've been, uh, my drink of choice has been wine and beer, but my trousers are feeling it. So I switched to gin and tonic and I just poured <laughs> myself two gin and tonics. I think I pour really heavy because I'm feeling a lot more pissed than I should. So I'm going to, I mean, I, I'm going to plow on through, but I'm just going to warn you if I start talking excellent. in circles, that's probably why. Excellent. Well, I mean, I can attest to your heavy hand of pouring. I've definitely been on the uh, other side of it, which I think you all saw when I was out there on our Instagram stories. Oh, that was so much fun. That was so fun. I, I think I got a little, was it this week or last week? I'm too drunk to know. It was this week. It was this week when I got a yeah. little bit back into Dub Smash. Yeah, I think we should do that. The thing is, like, I'm not drinking well, like that much in quarantine because for me, like, I always feel a little shit the next day and the day just lasts forever. And I can't handle that when we're all in here together. So um, I haven't. Plus, like, I've been trying to be really good about I'm on Weight Watchers. And yeah, so. Well, that's why I've switched to gin and slimline tonic. Yes, that would work. Well, I mean, good it work. would, but I need to figure out my pouring. Yeah, <laughs> you need to get like one of those little tumblers or like a shot glass and like measure it that way. I do. No, that's exactly it's what It's a lot I, of work. I actually just need some science involved rather than me just <laughs> freeballing it. Because obviously after the first one, I'm like, oh, that was great. Yeah. It's, I mean, <laughs> somebody just needs to come and sort me out. Um, anyway, right. um, how's your week been though, Reagan? You know, this, this has been our roughest week. And I think this hit our five weeks of being inside. It snowed three times this week. So the kids weren't able to kind of get all their energy taken care of outside. And we've started seeing some friends lose jobs and things like that. So I think kind of the reality of the situation really hit us this week. So it's been kind of a hard week, but it led to some really positive chats. So it's been both good and bad. I'm, I'm glad to see the end of last week. I think it's the same over here. This week seems to have been a bit harder for me mentally. And I think for everybody else a little bit as well, the kids really yeah. felt like they were, the kids felt like, they were sick of each other for the first time in a like in the whole thing, and also yeah. I just felt like the novelty had worn off, and it was now just fucking Groundhog Day. Right, right, like the worst Groundhog Day ever, ever. And as much as having a routine is great to like keep the days going, I just couldn't find it within myself this week to carry on doing the same shit every day. So I kind of changed it up. It's still the Easter holidays here. So I didn't feel too bad like ditching some shit, but, and I'm glad I did because I feel like now tomorrow I can go back into it, which is when they would be going back into their summer term. I can go back into it with kind of a little bit of renewed enthusiasm. Although my hangover tomorrow might change that. (laughs) Um, But it's just such a roller coaster. We're not emotionally prepared for this kind of intensity. So it's, okay that we're struggling like it's okay that we have a good week and then a bad week yeah I mean I think it's normal I think we all be weirdos if like we were all able to just stay within our houses and see the same people day in and day out all day long all night long and be fine we'd all be psychopaths yeah so well at least we're not psychopaths and yeah you know the fact we're finding it hard means that we're actually normal so that's fine and if you're finding it hard it means that you're normal too so welcome to the club absolutely um 
But it's been a big week for us here because for some reason the schedules are all cramming up and we are here for eight episodes of eight shows. Yes. So, so stick with us. We are we have been ruthless in our kind of we pre-production have. meeting and what we're going to talk about. But we're going to try and whiz through it, touching Absolutely. on the most important shit. And ultimately you can blame The Real Housewives for Atlanta. I feel that deep in my soul. Like if they had stopped... When they should have, which is but about we still have another weeks two weeks ago. of them. Yeah. <laughs> this is not even the season finale this week. We still have one more week to go. Man, Real Housewives of like, like the coronavirus of reality TV. <laughs> um, listen, let's bash it out of the park. It's our first show. Let's All just right. get it done. Let's start with Portia and Dennis. Portia and Dennis, uh, the marriage chat, which I did not think Dennis handled that well. I mean, like, I, I don't of course, think, Portia wants a wedding. Of, like, he's given her back the ring. This is not news. Yeah. No, but I think this is where we see like Dennis really wanting to plow ahead without actually wanting to deal with issues. Because again, he's complaining about his commute to work, which is pretty huge. I think it's over two hours, which I understand. Like that's a shitty commute. So they do really need to deal with that. And I think it's going to take some give and take on both of their sides because nobody can be in a car for four hours a day and then still be like up to do family stuff. No, and I, it's impossible. And I agree. But I also think you're right. He's not into her. He's not saying, look, we need to figure out how we're going to work no. this out. He's just saying, yeah. I don't want to do it because it's a four hour commute. And it's that's right. not helpful. So Portia, I think there's a little bit of tension. I think that well, Portia's the grown up in this relationship. Yes, yes. A hundred percent. I also have a problem with him saying the reason he doesn't want to move his stuff back in is because she threw him out. It's like, dude, you are the reason she threw you out. Yeah. So don't do that again and you'll probably be okay. Don't cheat and you get to stay in the family house. If you cheat, you get kicked out. It's not rocket Absolutely. science, that's it. So I think they're going to be fine. I think that I'm confident because Portia's in this relationship that it's going to be handled well. She's going to drag Dennis to fucking maturity come hell or high water. Yeah, I mean, he'll be kicking and screaming the whole way, the whole but way. she will get him there. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, on the flip side, we also saw more of the conversation between Candy and Todd. Yeah, I I love that they are getting professional help to kind of figure this stuff out pre the new baby, because I think a lot of the issues that they have actually surround parenting and a commitment to family time. And I think Candy's like in all of our positions, it's really hard to balance work when you kind of do non-traditional hours, friend time, because we're all human beings and we need friends because they keep us sane and being there for the family. Like, it's a really fucking hard battle. It is, and I agree. I think that it's lovely to see a couple doing counseling before they reach crisis stage, because I think so many of us think that just counseling for for couples or relationships is when you're at that point where, like, you're about to divorce and right. and honestly doing counseling before then is so good and she's very vocal and open about that so I love that I also love that they got their very British marriage counselor in who was all oh, about yes. like he being was open and honest in a relationship which well, frankly doesn't sound very British at all <laughs> he's like an American Brit he is the biggest American <laughs> Brit I've ever seen um, but I did love that and I think that it, it was really interesting while I was watching this I could really relate to Candy pre-coronavirus, pre-quarantine, right. I was candy going, I need to do everything. I need to be this person to this person. I need to be the boss. I need to be the mom. I need to be at this event. I need to support this friend. I need to do all this. 
And the one thing that being in quarantine has kind of really shown me is that actually I don't need to do half of that shit. And I wonder, I'd be really interested to see if she's had a similar revelation, like when the universe takes it out of your hands. Yeah, they make when it makes the decision for you. Right. And I think I'd be interested to see how she feels because it just, I was there. Obviously not on the same multi-million dollar scale, but... You know, we were all running ourselves ragged, and I wonder if it's made a difference to her. Well, and I feel like that's probably what everybody, I mean, I feel everybody's going through that, maybe, again, at different scales, but really kind of reassessing what makes them happy, what is worth doing in their lives, because I think ultimately we all needed a reset, and, you know, coronavirus has done that for us. I could have done with a less harsh lesson, but... In some ways. Less um, dead people would have been great. Yeah, 100%. Um, (laughs) But I feel like it's done some really good stuff for us as a family unit as well. And and you're right, like kind of made me realize sometimes I need to put work down and kind of be present. Yeah. Um, And I think moving on to like the next relationship that we see quite a lot of with uh, (laughs) Nini and like actually probably we see more of than we'd probably like. Nini and Greg, like that's a couple right now that I, that's couple goals for me. Totally. I really agree because we kind of see, we see Greg being welcomed back into the bedroom because he wasn't been able to be in the bedroom because he's doing chemo and he's got all this stuff going on and things weren't good between them. But like they stuck it out and worked on it and like, this is like his welcome back to the bedroom anniversary, <laughs> um, which was accompanied by Nini's song. So I feel like if we could just have a moment oh, you for should, this. You should I will have to say, out of all the housewife songs, this is actually one of my favorites. Nailed it. She's great. Yeah. I love her. And that's the thing with, with Nini. There isn't anything she doesn't do that isn't fabulous. Um, yeah. And I love watching their relationship. They got fucking divorced and remarried. He had cancer. Yeah. They've been through the shit and they came out of it. And I genuinely think some people look at that relationship and go, that's extraordinary. I actually don't think it is extraordinary. I think that's actually no. a really fucking normal marriage. Absolutely. I think they're very honest with each other. I think we see them really open up to each other. I think they really try to be understanding. I think... I, I just, I love it. I love that they've lasted. I mean, this is their 23rd anniversary and they're both saying it's like kind of now better than ever. Like, I hope I'm that way. And weirdly enough, a couple of years will be my 23rd wedding. <laughs> like <laughs> under Holy 10 years from now, moly. I will have been married for 23 years, which is crazy. Um, but like, I hope that's the way it is. Like, I feel again, to go back to like quarantine lessons, for me, it's kind of also making me step back and really think about how we function as a couple and where maybe we need, we both need to give a little more. I feel like we've kind of been on separate tracks because like my husband was going back to school and working and I was kind of doing my business and home and we've been parallel for so long that we need to figure out how to kind of come back together and be perpendicular. 
at some juncture I, spots. I honestly think that that's something that a lot of couples are going to be feeling. We've certainly yeah. felt it. It's very easy to just get into a groove of you taking your role, him taking his role, you know, coming back to bed together at the end of the night and thinking that's enough. And actually, this makes has made us reassess in the same way and go, you know what, maybe we're not connecting on the level right. that we should be connecting. It doesn't have to be all the time and every day. It doesn't need to be intense. No, yeah. But I think that there's definitely room for us to really carve out more time for us to not talk about the kids, not talk about logistics, not talk about what happened at work today, but just go out and laugh yeah. about fucking movies that we watched or, you know, get right. a bit drunk together. My husband doesn't drink, so that would just be me drinking. That doesn't have the same kind of bonding <laughs> effect in my experience. But, you know, that, just do yeah. stuff where it's just the two of you. Right. No, we've been watching, um, total sidebar. We've been watching Westworld cause we watched the first season and loved it. We've really struggled with the second season, but now it's getting good. And then the third season seems to be promising. So uh, that's what we're doing together. I'm going to talk about that with you off camera. Cause I, I'm interested. I don't know if Jimmy Excellent. would be up for it, but I'm always here I think for he like TV shows that he'd like. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, let's talk about it after. Listen, let's move on to family karma. And I'm yes. going to be honest. I said it last week. I said I was going to be pissy. I am pissy. I'm really upset. I'm <laughs> Million tears because to be cl- like Reagan and I are supposed to be flying to Miami tomorrow, tomorrow. <laughs> and we are meet. We, this is what was going to happen. We're going to meet in Miami. I'm going to have had a couple of Bloody Marys on the plane. Um, probably not actually because on reflection I had to drive the higher car, but it'd be fine. Right. Um, we're going to meet in Miami. We're going to drive from Miami to Key West three hours, and then we were going to spend a week with you, your cousin, and me. Just yeah basically drinking tequila as soon as it was acceptable, but being by the pool, reading books, chatting, doing like not going out and partying, just fucking having a week of girl time, chilling pools, fucking reading. And now we can't. With no responsibilities. Because of coronavirus. And I am here for not going because I am here to save people's lives and support the NHS and the health systems and all of that shit. But Forgive me if I'm a little bit fucking salty that we're not (laughs) packing to go away for a week right now. No, I actually feel like our trip would be way better time than the way that they had it on Family Karma. I was a little bit disappointed that we didn't get more footage of them being out because like all the footage kind of ended at a certain time and I wanted to see what happened after that certain time. I wanted to see the drag karaoke that they were talking about. I wanted to see all that stuff and I was really bummed that we didn't because... Yeah, I don't know why we didn't. No, I agree. That's what production decided. Well, I wonder if the, the most interesting thing was the dinner that happened afterwards, and maybe it was. I mean, if I mean, we yeah. had Anisha and um, Monica really butted heads. Yeah, I feel in a lot of ways they're just kind of completely opposite, right? Like Monica really likes the traditional kind of Indian roles and like her culture, which is great. And Anisha's always fighting against that culture and really trying to kind of be her own person and do what, what she feels is best for her. And I feel like there there is an in-between there. Like, they don't have to be enemies about it. I don't think one is precluding the other from being who they are. But I fe- really feel like Anisha kind of sees it that way. Well, I think they both have insecurities about it. So, so Anisha feels very insecure about the route that she's taking because she's constantly got people saying, you need to get married right. and you need to have babies. So she's like... She's defensive of her choices. And Monica's the same. She's surrounded by people who have kind of shunned the very traditional lifestyle and she's really embracing it. And I think she feels defensive. 
so we hit, sorry, if you can hear my kids That's literally okay. screaming, I'm really struggling to <laughs> form a thought. Um, so I think we just hit the sweet spot in both of their insecurities that right. forced this kind of uncomfortable exchange. Um, but I do think that Monica could lighten up just a little bit with this stuff. And I think that Anisha could be a little bit kinder, but I do think yeah. that like Monica just, they're a very close group of friends. Everybody knows what's going on. I think that Monica could be a little bit more open to kind of laughing at herself a little bit. I totally agree. I think she takes herself a little too seriously. Speaking from someone who also takes themselves <laughs> a little too seriously. I recognize that. Um, yeah, I think she just needs to be a little bit lighter because I think that's what really this trip is all about. Like it shouldn't be about like these deep seated issues. I also think Monica needs to kind of reassess her thoughts on some things because she calls Vishal and Richa couple goals. Well, I put this into stories. I was like, is it really couple goals? Because for me, it's the least couple's goals relationship I've ever yeah. seen. Yeah, I'd rather be Amrit and Bashar <laughs> as couple goals. I mean, I'd rather be Monica and Brian as couple yeah. goals, frankly. Like, <laughs> it is a weird call. And, and that yeah. kind of makes me feel like Monica, the naivety in Monica is perhaps kind of guiding her more than I would hope because I would never look right. at Vishal and Richard and think that's couple. There's definitely something fucking weird going on there. Well, cause I don't think they're really couples like they're cool individuals, but I didn't see them being coupley on this trip. No. I mean, she just got on the back of a bike with a random guy. She met at a gas station <laughs> and drove off. I mean, I am all for like letting you, like you do you, boo, all of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But I think I'd be pissed if Jimmy got on the back of a bike with another girl and just drove off into the sunset. Like, <laughs> I think legit I'd be pissed and I don't think anybody would yeah. hold it against me. No, no. I mean, it's a little strange. And like Vishal just really talks about her like she's one of the guys. And I was like... I don't think I really want like my husband thinking I'm one of the guys like or my future husband. Like I s still want to be looked at as like a girl and a re in a relationship rather than just kind of, oh, yeah, she's just she's just around. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, it feels like there's a weird non connection there that I just yeah. I just feel is it feels like a marriage of convenience yeah, I feel like they're great friends. Yeah. But I don't see sparks. No, I feel like they're both personally. hiding something and they both serve a purpose to each other, but I don't feel like that this is love or there's any real sexual attraction there. I, you know, I, yeah. I I mean, if I had to say it, I, I just would say that I honestly don't think Vishal is that into girls, if I'm going to be honest. Mm -hmm. I think he... I'm not going to... Go ahead. I just... Yeah. I just I get feel the like gay he's kind vibe of asexual. from him. I get the gay vibe from or the asexual vibe you're yeah. right. I feel like he's just totally non-sexual. Like Yeah. That's better. That's like what there's it is. no sexual sexualness about him. I don't but know. But I definitely feel more kind of relationship sexual tension between him and Amrit than I do between him uh -huh. and, and Richa. And I mean I'm not here to out anybody, yeah. but that's what I see and that's how I feel it is. Yeah. No, I think that's fine. Um, um, yeah. Anyway, they're in Key West and we're not, so they can fuck off. 
Yeah. So I think we're done with them. Yeah. Let's move on to Below Deck, Sailing Yacht. Let's move on to Below Deck, where um, we pick up with Adam being really salty about the fact that Jenna and Georgia once slept with the same guy some time ago. He is being so ridiculous. Like, he's spouting off about now there's drama and he hates drama. And I'm like, Adam, you're the one causing drama. Nobody else gives a shit. Then he comes up with this, like, foods for sharing, not your partners. I mean, I would disagree with that. I don't think you should share food either. Me too. Um, I am not. I also don't think you're sharing your partner. Like, it's not like the dude is on the boat and they're all hooking up while she's hooking up with you. Like, this is a past thing. And then Jenna asked Georgia to lie to him about it and just be like, oh, no, Jenna never had sex with him. Like, and, and Georgia is in a difficult, of course she's going to lie, of course, because yeah. in the grand scheme of it's things, it's not the biggest lie in the world. But right, also, right. Jenna, it's inter- it revealed something about Jenna that I really appreciated. Like, she comes from a family where she had one very, very angry parent, so her instinct is to placate. Um, yeah. And that kind of humanized the whole situation for me a little bit, and it made me feel a little bit more empathy towards Jenna. Agreed. Um. And actually, the last couple of episodes, I felt more empathy towards her as well. But it's just not a great start. And you talk, you see kind of Georgia and Madison talking about how Jenna's losing herself in Adam. And yeah. fuck, I've been there with a guy that wasn't right Who for hasn't? me. And you see it. And it's and yeah. she thinks she's... Jenna is where I was. She thinks she's the girl that's going to change the guy. Yeah, because she's the cool girl. Yeah, she's not going to change the guy. No, nobody does. Nobody changes the guy. Um, no. So I feel for her a little bit, but it's it's a difficult situation. I don't think it's going to end well, but I think that I feel like they might last the season now. I I I feel like they last past the season. Oh, like I feel like they intel? may still be together. I don't, but um, she's she's actually been tagging us in some pictures on her Instagram. So I've been like reading some of the things and. It leads me to believe that they they may have lasted past the season. Maybe they're not together now, but that they do kind of make it through. And I mean, I don't know how I feel. I don't really know if I feel one way or the other about it. I, I don't really care if that makes sense. But um, I hope maybe that they both have taken something from this relationship and move forward. Like maybe... Adam takes that maybe he needs to be a little bit more vulnerable and he is too closed off. And Jenna takes away that you can't fix somebody. You just kind of got to do you and the right person will jive with you. Yeah. That's kind of my hope for the two of them. I know that she's been tagging us in some stuff and she's been talking quite a lot on her Instagram about how like what you see on the TV doesn't always translate into real life and how she's been getting, I feel like she's been getting quite a lot of, she has quite a hard time off the back of how she, how she's been portrayed. And I know that we've given her a hard time on th- this podcast. Like we've yeah. really not agreed with yeah. some of the things that she's done and said. Um, and while I'll stand by what we said, I will also stand yeah. by the fact that it is only one small part of that person. Totally. And, you know, I've been in a position on Instagram where people have taken one thing that you've done or one thing that you've said and yeah. like decided that that's who you are that's and who just you are. fucking yeah. decided to call you a cunt for the next three weeks. So I don't right. ever want, and I and I was worried that she was tagging us in that because she kind of wanted Yo. us to like stop bitching <laughs> yeah, about yeah. her. Um, right, right. I'm going to stop bitching about her, but I do think she's handled some, like I'm going to sit here and say I don't think she's handled everything brilliantly. 
I do right. think she's like but, a fairly cool, normal person that if we were to meet on a night out, we'd have a really good time with. I mean, I think that's kind of how we are about everybody. Like, yeah. we are going to criticize some of your decisions on the TV because that's what people do. That's what our podcast does. That That's what everybody does in kind of normal life. Like, I think... And maybe maybe I'm standing up for our, ourselves too much, but I think we do make it more about decisions and behaviors versus who the people actually are. Like, I don't know who Jenna is. I know some decisions that this show has decided to show us on this boat. Yeah. And so that's where what I can comment on. I can't comment on who she is deep in her soul. Like, I have no idea who that person is. No. Um, but I can identify with some aspects of her personality. I think that's what makes reality TV compelling, right? Like, the issues that it brings up are bigger issues than just with those people. They're, like, general issues with society and that's what we're here to talk about. Yeah. No, I 100% agree. But I just want to say, Jenna, we're not picking on you. We love, like, no. we, as a human being, we think you're great. We, we, oh, yeah. Listen, if you were in front of us, we'd tell you that we think that some of your decisions were shitty. But we'd be doing it over Absolutely. tequila and dancing and we'd be having a great time. Yeah. So that's where we are. And it'd be fine. Um, and then Parker had a big episode this oh. episode. I mean, this guy at first, I was like, oh, he's all like wet behind the ears and cute and sweet yeah. and what a... What? Like, oh, he's but such I was a... Team Parker then. Yeah, now I am so far away no. from Team Parker. I'm like, yeah. I can't even. This guy has so much arrogance. And you know what it is? I hate to be this person that's making this generalization, but if there was a stereotype of a private school kind of princely boy, mm-hmm. this is him. And I went to private school. I was that I, I was that person. So trust me, I know it when I see it. This guy has just been told he's the little prince his whole life. Right. Yeah. And I think we're finding like reality is smacking him in the face because I feel like he's just really going downhill very quickly because of kind of some misguided arrogance. And even Byron, who doesn't really get in the mix on the show, is just like, dude, stop and just get on with your job. And like your job should just be your focus. Just focus on doing your job. Listen to these people, get better, move on. That's how you last in this industry. I don't see Parker lasting to the end of the season. I don't either. The thing is, he's been told his whole life he's number one. He's been told his whole life he's the best, he's the smartest, he's the cleverest, he's the best looking. And here he is in a position where he's number three. He's like bottom of the rank and his ego cannot deal with it. He cannot get past the fact that this is just a job and he just needs to show up, do the fucking job that number three is put. Yes, sir. No, sir. Thank you very much, sir. Everybody would think he was a fucking brilliant guy. He'd soon be number two. He'd soon be number one. He'd soon be where he needs to be, but he just has never been told or taught that he has to go through the ranks because he was born number one and that's how he's always lived. I think that brings up a really interesting question. Um, my husband interviews a lot of like new grads for, for his job. And one of his questions is always like a question to feel like how entitled they feel. And so he used to say like, how do you feel about kind of like paying your dues? And then he's had to reword it because nobody knows what paying your dues means. (laughs) Um, and I feel it like that's kind of interesting. Cause I think that's what we see with Parker. Like you think you're the best already, but sometimes you just have to pay your dues. You have to suck up the bullshit shit work, show that you can do it, show that you can be part of the team, and that is part of paying your dues. And it, it's just a really interesting. Like, I don't know if that is just not a part of life anymore. Like, everybody's been told that they're just 
so much more special that they don't need to do that. But I'm kind of a big believer in paying your dues. Me too. I, I fully believe that that's what you have to do. And I think that's the education that Parker's missing. He just cannot yeah. get it into his head that he should be anything less than right and the smartest right. all the time. And it actually doesn't matter if his idea is better than Paget's because it's a no. hierarchy. You fucking shut up and you do it. Yeah. It's not forever. It doesn't mean that you're being exploited. It just means right. that you are learning to keep your ego in check. And that is what he's never been taught. And honestly, I am ready for him to walk. I'm ready for just somebody to come yeah. on that's fun. Although he did give me, I mean, he is great to have around. Like when he is screaming yeah. at Paget, like, do you think it's funny that I'm still <laughs> breastfed by my mother? <laughs> I got so into that. We like, Oh man, it was so funny. Another one of his gold ones was when Adam told him to clean up after his asshole and he just like quickly quips back with a that's what she said moment. It was so brilliant. It was so gold. Like I will miss those things, but I think his attitude is fairly toxic to the boat because I think like we see Madison really, you know, after she had her chat with Jenna and Glenn, she's really trying to buckle down and just be there for the work, get her sleep. And she's kicking ass. Like everybody loves it. Jenna and Georgia go off to have a little swim that was sanctioned by Glenn and she's totally fine with it. She's just doing her job. She's moving on, but he kind of brings it up and is like all pissed and like, he's going to be the social justice warrior for the boat. And it's just like, stop. Yeah. Nobody fucking cares. You're the only one that cares. Well, because then he's being childish. I've worked seasonal things, and sometimes you just get the fucking lucky straw, and sometimes you don't. Like when I was working in Switzerland, we'd be, it was, we would be like 20 minutes from Montreux, which was like where the big jazz festival was happening. Yeah. And some nights you were on fucking bedtime duty, and you didn't get to get in the minibus and drive down the hill and go to the jazz festival mm-hmm. for the night. You just had to do your job. You got to do it the next day or maybe the next right. week. But you, that's just how it works. You can't be salty about that shit. And Parker's just no. childish. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you. I don't think he's going to last the season. No, and I think especially because we see Glenn have a chat with him. We see Parker have a phone call with Katie about him being a sassy Sally. And then we see him oversleep for, like, Anchor Watch. And it's like, dude, like, you are on warning. Like, you can't oversleep. Like, because that's somebody else, like somebody else is now having to stay up later to cover you. And it's just learning how to have like basic general awareness of what's going on on the boat. And I just don't think he thinks of anyone but himself. No, I agree. I think he's a complete narcissist, but he's, you know, that's how he's been. He's not a narcissist in terms of like his brain. It's just, that's how he's been taught. Um, And I think everybody's getting rightly just pissed off with it. So yeah. We'll see, but I'm with I you. think he'll go. I think he'll go yeah. too. Um, moving on to uh, LA. Well, back to Vegas. Vegas, baby. Rules. We get Tom and Katie's wedding mark too. Oh my gosh. I loved this wedding. I love that everybody was like dressed as kind of iconic Vegas people. They just killed it. I think Stasi and Sandoval did a brilliant job officiating it. Like, it was just so much fun. Me too. And I think if you're going to have a second wedding, Lisa Vanderpump's going to pay for it, then Vegas. I mean, yeah. I, I don't think I've ever met a more generous 
woman. And I she flies worked. them in her private plane. I well, I thought that too, but it's actually Caesar's Palace's plane. Well, either way, but they gave it to Lisa and they Lisa did. invited Tom and Katie. They did. But I've worked for very, very rich people and nobody's ever been that fucking generous with me. I mean, maybe no. I just wasn't as good of a worker. No, Maybe actually, you just weren't I... Tom Schwartz. <laughs> maybe that's what You've it done is. some pretty rank shit, like from the stories I've heard. You should have been treated very I nicely. I should have been given a fucking private plane to Vegas, <laughs> let me tell you the shit that yes. I've done for very rich people. Um, and it's not sexual shit before you go that way. No. It's not. No, because then you would have gotten that private plane. I should have done the sexual shit. Fuck. Ew. <laughs> Ugh. You and I both know who we're talking about, and we both know. know that we're not. There's no way I'm doing that sexual shit. No, never. Um. Anyway, that aside, they go to Vegas. They have a great wedding. I honestly think this is a. This is like one of the most fun wedding. This is a wedding that, if you get to do it twice, that's actually going to yeah. be the more fun wedding. Absolutely. Less like stress, I think everybody drink. had a great time. Lisa kind of put, you know, they all got put up in Caesar's Palace because Lisa's designing like Vanderpump suites, which will be gorgeous. Because like I went to the Vanderpump Garden when I was there last and it's beautiful. When you had coronavirus and nobody When knew. I had probably had coronavirus in Vegas in January. Um, but uh, I love how like they're all in the garden and having it and we meet like shady Vegas Sheena. <laughs> shady Vegas Sheena. But Max oh decides to bone. Of course he does. And then the next morning, shady Vega Sheena is just revealed as real budget Sheena. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, it was not cute. I love the way he's like chatting with Lisa and she FaceTimes him to see the mess in his room and sees the mess in his room. This is literally the mess in his room. <laughs> Bless. The oh, fact Max. that she woke like props to her. Like she woke up. Full, like, diamante, chunky necklace on. Like, <laughs> eyeliner down her face. And still oh, was thirsty enough to be on fucking camera. Yeah. Hi, I, Lisa. Yeah. How's it going? I would have hidden under that duvet. There's no way you would have got me yeah. out of that duvet. I would have, like, slunked out, like, Simpsons style from the bed and just, like, inchwormed my way out so that nobody could see me. Or I would have set an alarm and gotten up and out of there before any sort of filming could, like, have taken place. You're really place. good at that. No matter how drunk and hungover you are. Like, Reagan and I I'm used out. to go out on a Friday night after we'd finished work. <clears throat> because we were Wednesday, like, but who's counting? The modern day <laughs> version of the mine. Yeah. Um, every Friday we would go and get absolutely fucking shit faced, which was basically <laughs> therapy. Um, and every Friday, Reagan would say to her husband, I will be home. And every Friday at about nine o'clock, she would call him and say, I'm not going to be home. I'm too fucking hammered. No. So she'd stay with me. And I swear to God, I would get up at maybe nine o'clock because I didn't have kids. I get up. By the time yeah. I got up, she had gone, and I already had a text message saying, I am home. I puked at Finchley Road, because there was always a the good toilet there. The nicest toilets ever, if you're on the London Tube and you need to yank, stop at Finchley Road. It's Got off at Finchley Road, puked, <laughs> made it home, we're all good. Other than oh, that, man, it was that just was her back. marriage that needed to recover. <laughs> yeah, and that was totally fine, because again, we were in our 20s and we didn't have kids, but... um. That was also when I lived so far out of London so that I out. had like a three hour a day commute. So I would have to make the decision at like nine o'clock at night on whether I was going to stay out or not. And it's like, 
it's just too early. Like, I can't make that call. I love that you say it's too early. We finished work at 10 past three. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we had a good time. Um, where am I? Oh, yeah. So we were talking about just Bud like Joe everybody Sheena. had in Vegas. Yeah. Just like everybody had in Sheena. Uh, the other thing we see in, in Vegas is Bo, like constantly Aww. revealing himself to be probably the best human on the planet. A hundred percent, like calling her dad and calling Stassi's dad and getting permission, asking Lisa for permission to marry her. And Lisa's going to throw something fabulous. Like, I just love it. I love the whole thing. I'm so happy that he is like holding out on her mental health, like on her control issues and letting her have a pass on all these fucking jibes that she keeps giving him. And he's just like, I know it'll be amazing. (laughs) I know she'll like it in the end. Cause like, I'd almost like crack and be like, Fine, fuck you. Will you fuck be my you. wife? Here's your fucking wedding ring. <laughs> and just like chucking it in her face. This I mean, is why Bo is a better person. This <laughs> is why Bo's a better person than anybody. Uh, yes. But no, I'm excited. I think they make a fabulous couple. I think he is exactly what she needs. Um, yeah. I love that he uh, thinks to ask Lisa. I also love that Lisa decides to play the joke on Tom Schwartz with the bra. Fucking queen. Like, that was amazing. And I love how she didn't even tell anybody she did it until, like, afterwards. Because, like, Katie's like, no, seriously, what the fuck is this? (laughs) She's like, oh, I just gave him one of my bras, but I do need it back because, you know, look at me. And Tom's like, I am never giving that bra back. Like, Tom's already wanked over that bra. Yeah, like, there's fucking jizz in those cups, like, you wouldn't believe. I mean, Brett would do the same. As we find out that Brett just has this massive crush on Lisa. But there's something very different between Tom Schwartz's very wholesome crush on Lisa and Brett's very dirty, not wholesome. He's seedy. He's not nice. Yeah, no. Um, No, I also love that Lisa did the zip lining in Old Vegas with them. Like, I just love the way she reacts, like she interacts with this group of people. Me too. And by the way, we need to do that zip line. Like, that yeah. looks awesome. Um, yeah, it definitely does. I mean, back in LA, we could talk a little bit about the how the whole Max, Brett, Dana, Sheena thing. But honestly, Charlie bores me to tears. She doesn't have two brain cells to uh, work together. Danica is no. borderline crazy. She has restraining orders out against her. I mean, I've never had one restraining I've never had anybody threaten me. With no. one restraining order, let alone have a significant no. amount of restraining have orders. multiple. It's not. Yeah. yeah. They're fucking crazy. Uh, I honestly couldn't care much about this sort of B-class cast they've got going on. Could no, I couldn't either. And I really hope that they don't phase everybody out. Though I guess, like, Britney's gone back to work at Sir. So has Ariana. So, like, I think maybe there's just some acknowledgement that the new people aren't going to be able to hold a show on their own. Cause I, I wasn't into any of that. Um, I mean, it's great that like James and Lala are cool. We see that Tom loses the certificate once again at the end of this episode. I mean, so who knows if we end up wedding number three. It. Like, I think this is just the drama. <laughs> I think he's going to find it. If he loses right. it twice, I can't even, um, no, but no, this, but I think we can move on. Yeah, I think we can too. And move on to bigger. And so, <gasps> I mean, Fuck me. Beverly Hills is back with a bang. Thank God. Thank God they're back. Thank God they're back. And they didn't just come back sweetly and quietly. No. They fucking steamed in like you wouldn't believe. Damn. Uh, So I think 
we let's first of all just talk about yes. the two new entries into the cast at various levels. We're not a hundred percent sure. Garcelle has moved in. She's got a tagline. She's fully fledged member. Yeah, she's she's full fledged. She's, she's awesome. fire. She is. I love her. I uh, think she is a great addition. I love how she and Erica interact. I think like that's going to be something really cool that we see over the season. Um, but then we see Sutton. And I'm kind of confused on where she's going to be with this season because she's she's not in the opening credits. She doesn't have a tagline. She's Lisa's friend who's apparently so fucking wealthy that she has no taste in clothes, which is I usually mean, hand in hand. But uh-huh. she is at like Dolce & Gabbana's like apartment in New York, which is a pretty fucking huge deal. But the outfit, it's fucking not good. awful. This is a perfect not good. example she has like a- of... Money can't buy you class, to quote another Real Housewife. Right. But she is super Southern, and I think we're going to see some of that, like, Southern propaganda and properness come out, because we saw a little bit of it this season. She's super fucking judgy. Like, she had something to say about everyone. Like, let's see if I even... I think I wrote them all down. Like, Erica's skirt's too short. Dorit is in Fenty rather than Fendi. Like, I so don't Fenty's, give a shit if a celebrity does a collaboration. Yeah, so like she has no time for Rihanna. Teddy is just in a basic black romper. It's like, well, Teddy's pregnant. Like, And also she looked pretty banging in that black romper. Yeah. Like, I don't know. She's no, she's just, a bitch. I think she's going to be a lot. I think she's a bitch. I've got to be honest. I think she's a bitch. But she doesn't get... A tagline or an intro, but she does yeah. have the interview. So I guess she's just coming in as a friend. Maybe a friend like Marlo. Well, and I wonder if they just felt without Lisa, they just needed something to kind of inject a bit of drama. Right. Then it turns out that Denise was shagging Brandy Glanville. And so drama was not needed. Oh, and maybe yes. they just didn't give Sutton the position that they initially thought they were going to. Obviously. Oh man. Like a lot of the, the uh, Denise stuff is, the laying the out. foundation it's all out in the right. press but they're laying the yeah. foundations now um and the whole chat in new york with you know De- i thought it was really interesting denise and that erica chat about the lawyer and the charlie sheen yeah. stuff and all of that and denise going i'm not going to deal with that i'm not going to i know charlie i'm definitely team erica in that because i'm an yeah. organizer and i'm a manager and i'm like go get yourself right. a fucking lawyer um and I just felt like this was really the beginning of Denise really... Distancing. Distancing, stepping yeah. back, not connecting with the group. I mean, I've always really liked Denise on this show until they're sitting, they're having that like lawyer conversation and she like rips into the waiter yeah. about the fucking tequila. She was a dick. She was a dick. Like there's a way to do that that's not being a dickhead. And that's not what Denise did. And that really showed me there's a different side to Denise that we've never really seen in this show. Yeah, she's always been, I think last season or the season before, I can't remember, she's been for one or two seasons, but she, when she first came in, she kind of felt a little bit like Leah in New York, like a breath yeah. of fresh air, kind of fully humbled, had had that level of kind of fame, but had been brought down a peg or two and hadn't forgotten it. So that was lovely. It was nice to see that breath of fresh yeah. air. Now I feel exactly like you. We're seeing a very different side to her. And of course, after the fashion show that Kyle does, it's like, oh, happy laughing, cuddling, all the rest of it. Little did we know. 
how bad yeah. it would soon turn out to be. <laughs> like, such a great start to an episode. It's such a great start. And like, Denise stops filming, and now we're going to see all of this. So I'm I'm here for this season. I can't wait. Um, they're in New York because Kyle's debuting her fashion line at Is New York though? Fashion Week. And I think I kind of like team Dorit on this. Me like, too. Dorit's like, it's not really your line. Like, if it was your line, like, do you have background in being a designer? And I feel like Dorit felt a little slighted. Like, or not just undermined. everybody can have yeah. theirs. Right. I like, mean, she worked really hard for her line. Yeah. And it's her designs. And but now Kyle's been, just kind of slapping her name on this. Here's the thing. There will have been a first line that Dorit designed. Like, there totally. will have been a time when she did it first. And she probably didn't design it all herself yeah. from scratch the first time. She probably had help. Totally. So while I fully agree that this is not really Kyle's line, she's currently yeah, yeah. putting her name on it to sell it. I do think she'll get more involved in it going on. And I think she's... I think she will too. But Dorit was totally shading her. Like... Dory was being shady. Oh, she was. And, and I and get it. And for good like, reason. I yeah, would have done the same. I, do, I would too. And Kyle just has to earn her chops before she gets the respect. You can't just walk in, put your name on the first line and expect to be called a designer. She needs to earn her chops. And that's all. I think that's all Dorit is saying. Yeah, totally. Um, so should we move on to the Kardashians? Yeah, I just have one more oh. thing about this episode. I really liked when Erica takes all the girls to Shakers. Oh, yeah the go-go club that she danced at. Cause I, I love that we're going to see a more, I think we're going to see a little bit more of a vulnerable Erica. Like she's kind of letting the girls in. I'm a little pissed at Rinna for like being judgy about it because I'm like, don't make her go back into her hole. Like she's yeah. reaching out, appreciate it for what it was. But a very crazy side note is that Danielle from the real housewives of New Jersey her real name is Beverly. It was in this book that her ex-boyfriend wrote about her and like all their crazy exploits around like cocaine fueled 80s shit. But oh, those were the when, days. Those were the days <laughs> when cocaine was flowing freely. But um, when her name was Beverly, she actually danced at the same go-go no. bar that Erica did. It was like different. I think it was different times. I was about to say the it same may time. not have been. Oh, <gasps> It may have been at I mean, the same time. I mean, I feel time. like they're of an age. Although I do think Danielle's probably older. I think Danielle's a little bit older, but I think it was probably a fairly close in time to when they danced there, which I think is crazy. Love that. I love that. Love um, it. I love that too. I love that Erica's being more open. And I was with you. I think Rinna, Rinna said what every mother it would think, which is, I really hope my child isn't 18 and dancing in a go-go bar. Yeah. Like, that's a legitimate thought for every right. mother to have. But it's, yeah. you don't fucking say that shit. No. That's the no. thing with Rena. She just has this mouth. She doesn't think before she speaks. Like, of no. course, nobody goes, oh, God, all yeah. I want for my daughter is that she's 18 well, so, and like, dancing Erica wanted to be bar. there, too. Like, oh, this is a great career step. Like, she Jesus, wasn't thinking Rena, that. She was 18 just, and broke and needed the money. Like, she fucking, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. She fucking made it happen. Yeah. And look where she's at now. Look so, where she's at now. Um, fuck all, y'all. Yeah. I, I'm excited to see a new Erica. Although I do think her voice was unusually low in the interviews. It felt like either she was sick yeah. or there was something going on. That's just oh. a weird side note, but I'm sure it's fine. Um, let's move on to the Kardashians. Yes. Where I feel like this episode was all about 
Tristan and Chloe and like navigating long distance co-parenting and then Scott and Chloe pulling fucking pranks on Chris, which I am always here for. I love their pranks. Let's start with the pranks because I did. Yes. First of all, do you remember those episodes where Chloe was genuinely wondering if she'd been adopted because she just didn't yes. look like any of her parents? <laughs> She looks and Chris exactly was like, like Chris. You are my daughter. Like I, but she's like, I don't look like you. I've never known anybody look more like Chris than Chloe. I mean, if there was ever any doubt, surely it's no. settled now. I mean, because it's not even like she's having to use like prosthetics nope. and things to look up like her. She puts on a wig and does her makeup a little bit differently, and she is fucking Chris Jenner. She really is, and it is hilarious. I love that they've got a peeing out the side of a rolls. She's like, like smoking, smoking, eating smoking. a burger. <laughs> but did you hear, did you hear this? I think Chris is a smoker. Oh, she is. Yeah, she is. Oh. Yeah, I know she is. I was once. But as I well. think that's what like that's why they had to like that's why they did it to make it like pseudo believable, but like pictures she would never want to be out there because like she's never filmed smoking. You see no pictures of her you smoking. You don't see any anywhere. of the Kardashians ever doing anything no. except eating green juice and throwing carbs away. Right. Like Yeah. But no, I thought it's been I also loved that they really played the long game on it and Chloe oh, was like, yeah. I just wanted to show her the pictures and Tracy's like, no. We need to play the long game. And you can see Tracy Chris, is like the criminal PR mastermind. She is. And you see Love Chris it. getting really riled up and pissed, but like, no, no, everything's fine. Like, yeah, God yeah. help. I, I can't, can't wait. wait to see how it ends. No, me neither. Um, and Chloe and Scott, once again, just a quick mention for the relationship that they have. Like, I just I love adore it. it. Yeah, I do too. And I actually like it better that they're not like a couple and yeah, it's there's not, not like even a any romantic it. thing. It's like a really nice, friendly brother and sister kind of relationship. And I think Chloe kind of misses that. Cause she used to have it with Rob, or at least we saw it a lot with Rob when Rob was on the show. And since Rob hasn't been on the show for ages, it's nice. I think to show to that, cri- that, that, yeah, that banter with Scott. And I also love that they rec- like the drive through recognized Scott, but didn't recognize <laughs> Chris. <laughs> Nobody recognizes Chris Jenner. Any- Do you like that my go-to American accent is basically like some kind of Frank Sinatra mob-esque yeah. thing? Why? That's all Nobody right. Rec- like that, like, Ed, like I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. Um, we're all living in the 20s and we're we can't drink. What's going on here? Smoking cigars and drinking old fashioned. Um, anyway, I'll move on. Sorry to every American that I just offended there. Uh, the other big linchpin of this, and I'm, it's not, by the way, if you're hanging out for this, we're not going to discuss Kylie and her laser surgery because no, that was we don't boring. care. Um, was <laughs> Chloe's co-parenting struggles with Tristan? We talked a little bit about it last week because she mentioned kind of having to put you on a plane, and I think what I realised this week is that it's actually a real kind of dilemma for her because while he's in season in Cleveland, he can't be in LA. And, right. you know, there's no real reason for her to be in Cleveland anymore. So how the fuck, yeah. she's like, how do we manage this when it's not fair for me to keep true away from her dad? Right. And I, I think this is what I love about it is I think Chloe is really 
introspective enough to like really think all of these things through. And she was like, well, like it, it, it's very anxiety inducing for me, but like this is her dad and she does need to have this connection. And even if it is just a couple hours in between him practicing in games, they need to have that couple of hours. And I thought Tristan did a really good job. Like really like they were on their phone cleaning out the house trying to figure out which toys she's grown out of since she's been there. And I guess I thought Chloe was going to stay there, but I guess she just flies her out there and there must be a nanny that brings her straight back. Yeah. Yeah. So like there's a nanny that looks after her while she's there. Cause Tristan's only not working for a couple of hours, but I really like how they're figuring it out. And I think they're both being really cool though. I think Tristan's trying to get in like he's trying to get back. I in. mean, you know, I- <sighs> Here's the thing. I I don't I think Chloe's going to do the right thing cuz she's smart. Hmm. Is it possible that Tristan really has changed? Because I think in an ideal world when she's talking about having other babies, she talks yeah. about like maybe needing sperm from him. I think in an ideal world, if he could really prove to her that he was a yeah. different guy and he could be the guy that she needs, I, I think she'd consider it because they have a kid together. So why wouldn't... Yeah. There's an element that's like, why would I ever discount that if it could be right because we share a kid? Right. So I think she's open to the idea, but I think he's going to have to work a, t- a fuck ton harder. Um, oh, yeah, he is. Like, these little comments just back, like, are not going to do it, dude. No. She's but not going to stay just because, like, you're doing that. As hard as co-parenting is, like, yeah. it's much easier when you have a private jet that you can jump on and fly your 100%. kid there, drop them off in another multi-million pound apartment, fly back and have With a another nanny, nanny, fly back on another yeah. private jet. Like, and I'm not undermining it because everybody's heart is different and it's all relative. Yeah. So I know that it's hard totally. for her and that's her situation. But, you know, if you're if you're a single parent trying to co-parent out there and it doesn't work as easily as that, then don't feel bad about yourself. No. <laughs> you know. No. And I mean, I, what I do like about Chloe is when she talks about the hardness of it, like it's not the logistics, like they can afford to do all this and it's fine. It is the emotional stuff about it with her. And it is like her saying like, she's fine. She doesn't have separation anxiety. I have separation anxiety. And I really like how she doesn't make it about true. Like she's like, these are my issues and I need to deal with it. True needs to go. And I understand that. And I liked that. I think that's a very real issue. I also think she has a legitimate point when she's annoyed that Tristan just turns up at her house. Like that is again a signal that he's not quite grasping it. He hasn't quite grown up enough because it's, you know, there's there's nothing stopping him just giving a phone call and saying, listen, I want to see them. I'm going to be in for 24 hours. Is this okay? Of course it would have been fine. But the assumption that he can just turn up is something that I think makes it. and, And I get that. Like, I think that she was right to be uncomfortable with that. Totally. Totally right. Um, <clears throat> and then, are we ready to go to New York? We are ready for New York. Only two more shows to go, guys. It's been waiting for us. <laughs> it's been waiting for you. Um, I got it. I'm there. Taylor Swift. Love it. Excellent. It's because of Secret Life Pets, but that's fine. Um Yeah. So we're at, we turn up back at Ramona's house. We're in the Hamptons for the weekend and they all go to lunch. And I, God love Ramona for trying to fucking crowbar a relationship into its place. <laughs> yeah. The only way for all of us to bond, I was going to do my 1920s American, but I'm stopping Yeah, there. yeah. The only way for all of us to bond is if we all just get really vulnerable. It's like, 
Guys, you literally just sat down for your first lunch together and now she's like, right? if you don't share your deepest, darkest secrets, we can't be friends. <laughs> but I kind of appreciate like the sentiment like yeah. that she does really want them all to bond and they do. Yeah. Like they all do really share some like deep fear well, stuff. We Apart from Sonia. Well, not all. Yeah. <laughs> not all. Everybody else but Sonia. Yeah. Um, I really like kind of how Leah explains herself and like her relationship with drinking. So I think I was right. Like she's yeah, not yeah, doing yeah. like a sobriety, like she's not in recovery. AA sober, but you know, she just keeps a check on it and kind of really shares, you know, a pretty dark thing that like her parents didn't want her to come home after rehab and made her go live in a halfway house run by nuns. Um, but yeah, I, I felt, I really liked them all kind of opening up other than obviously Sonia just drunk and rambled. I mean, yeah, but I did, but I agree. Like as much as I kind of had to laugh at Ramona trying to crowbar the shit out of this relationship, she wasn't wrong. Like it did work. I think we got to see a little bit more of Dorinda. I think it's just this lack of, and I think we see it a bit with Sonia as well. We see it with certainly with Mona. They get to a certain age. They're not married anymore. Their kids are grown. There's a sense, but they're, but they're still really fit and active and young. It's not like this is the twilight. They're not old ladies in the home. No. And I think they're all finding a little bit of an identity crisis in that period and I get that like that for the first time made me go oh I can sort of see where Dorinda's coming from right now. I agree um it's it's like kind of the midlife crisis of women that doesn't happen when you're 40 but it happens when you're like 50s 60s and it's like yeah well, shit what the fuck now like I've still got yeah. 20 years maybe 30 years right right but I don't know where I'm going or who I'm going to do it with so it really made me feel a bit more empathetic towards Dorinda and Ramona, uh, Sonia yeah. less. Um, but I think that we saw Sonia's issues coming out later when the drink oh, yes, had kind of loosened her up. And her friend Elise, I think, said, yeah, he, he, treated, he looked at you like you were an accessory. Yeah, and she goes off the handle saying, I'm not arm candy. I don't shave my pussy. <laughs> because A equals B. Right, because you have to do one to be the other. Um, yeah, we just see Sonia kind of go off. But in some ways, I kind of appreciate it because Ramona had it coming at this party. That party was so fucking boring. I, have I wouldn't been. even call it a party. It was like a, it was almost like a meet and greet at like some local election where it's just a bunch of people who kind of have tangential ties but yeah. nobody's really being who they are. I've been to smear tests that are more social than that. Like, honestly, totally. it was the worst party I've ever seen. And Ramona really does. I mean, I I, there's, I don't hate her for it because there's something about her that's ultimately likable, but she really is the most pretentious fucking prick I've ever seen. Absolutely. Like, greetings. And it's all bullshit. It's all bullshit. Like, and... The thing that stops me from hating her is her like kind of going, yeah, well, you know, that's just what I do. It's of course, I mean, the way that she talks about Sonia saying, I have to lower myself for Sonia. I I know. The woman has no self-awareness, like no self-awareness at all. Um, And there's a little bit of me that kind of admires the balls out approach, but it was the most boring party until Sonia got got there and got pissy about being an accessory, about being essentially called a trophy wife and then called Tinsley a trophy wife. Yeah, which didn't really line up. 
No, she's like, she, he was my he's like, I married my high school boyfriend. <laughs> you were I don't host, think that's being a trophy. You were a hostess <laughs> in a restaurant and you met your husband who was like 25 years older than you. Like, that's a fucking trophy wife. I mean, Tinsley's <laughs> not wrong. No, no, I think like they were like, your husband was 105 when you met him. I mean, come yeah. on. So I think and, if we're talking about vulnerable moments, like we just touched on one and, uh, and she fucking flared up. Yeah, and subsequently, there have been pictures all over the internet ever since that episode of Sonia and her husband. I want to look now. And 100%, he is way older than she is. I mean, she always talks about, like, this animal sexuality and, um, like, how, you know, she's just so, like, hot and whatever. And it's just like, dude, I mean, look at this. Look at this picture. Of her and her daughter and him. Oh, yeah, he's 103. He's the grandpa. Oh, yeah, he's old. Yeah, she's a trophy wife. I mean, and do you know what? I yeah. don't care. Which is fine. That's fine. Marry an older guy for whatever reason, because you love him, because he's got a ton of money. I, I don't give a shit. You do you. No. But yeah. let's call a spade a spade. Right. Well, and I think like Dorinda kind of nails it on the head that she was like, you know what? We can't comment on any of the roles that we play with any of our husbands and partners because it's just the way it is. Like nobody can have a say about it. Um, I love that Leah is just enjoying the show. She's just like, oh my God, this is brilliant. This party was so lame beforehand. And like, this makes up for it. Um, But yeah, then we see, Luann leave with her text from the lower level. Oh god. All full of fake self-indignation and ire. Um, I think I can't remember who it was. Was it was it uh, Dorinda or was it Sonia who she's like Luann was humbled for about 10 seconds while she was on probation. That was it. I we think saw it was like, Sonia. I think we saw 10 yeah. seconds of of humility from Luann and then we're right back to how fucking dare you put me in the basement? And of course, when they all go down to see this god awful basement that smells of dog piss, it's totally and fine. Is obviously like a mini little hideaway. Yeah. <coughs> um. Yeah, Luann is driving me mental. I can't. Yeah. I was going to say something awful. I mean, it kind of makes say. me wish for like drunken pirate fucking Luann. You from literally just took the... I was like, <laughs> I can't wait to see Pistley at Luann again. I was like, oh, maybe I yeah. shouldn't say that because, you know, sobriety Sorry, and all I that. Sorry, I said it. And you did it. So now I feel fine. <laughs> now I feel validated on all sorts of levels. And it's great. This is why we're doing this podcast. Yeah. It's why we're friends. I love you. We're good. Glad we got that sorted. Yeah. I, I, I missed that Luann. I was like, why can't we all just be cool? Just yeah. be cool. Just be cool. Yeah. Um, I miss that Loanne too. So I, I have a feeling we're going to see her. I also have a feeling we're going to see uh, Crazy Leah, which I'm excited about. That I'm here for. A lot of fun. When we saw the trailer for next week with the vibrator in the chicken, I was like, uh-huh, this is my kind of girl. Yes, with like the tiki torches just like demolished all over the lawn and broken glass. I can't wait for next week. Me neither. It's going to be fire. going to lose her shit. <laughs> and then because we doubled up on Shards of Sunset last week, we are here for Shards of Sunset with last night's episode, last night being Friday. Yes. Um, the night before. Uh, yeah. And I think this was a great episode. I really, really loved it. Let's talk about Nima first because he touches my heart. I love oh, him. Oh, man. I think 
the bottom line is Neem is really just struggling with the shit that went down in his childhood. And it makes him kind of afraid to kind of grow up and do like have kids and get married and all that. Like he's very gun shy about it. So we see him with his mom and Mona and I love how his mom like immediately shades his teeth, which I thought was hilarious. Um, And then they, they kind of talk about how Nima had asked his mom to really tell him what had happened with his mom and his dad's relationship. And Nima's mom spends the time to like really sit down and write it all out and kind of enlighten him to this. And he still hasn't fucking read the letter. And I, and I felt this. I was like, really? And I understand why. And I think he understands why he hasn't read it. And then when he does read it, read it, he's pissed. And there's two things I need to say. Firstly, he's asked her for her version. Her version. And that's what she gives him. And it doesn't answer all his questions. And it doesn't, it doesn't tell the truth as much as it gives her him her truth. So right. I, I think he I'm glad he's in therapy because I feel like that's a discussion that needs totally. to be had. Having said that, I do think that there needs to be a very clear explanation for how one month in Iran turned into nine months in Iran. Like that doesn't happen by accident. No. And I mean, I wonder if there's something kind of like shady about that. Like the dad had different conversation. Like, I don't know. Like who knows what happened there? Um, I definitely see how that could be very traumatic for kids being, being a child of divorce myself. Like this is something that will never have an answer. Yeah. There will never be an answer for Nima on like why this happened. And I think the therapist is very right where he was like, you just need to talk about it and then you kind of need to heal yourself from it because the healing is not going to come from these two people. You're going to get his side, you're going to get her side, but you're just going to have to kind of make peace with it yourself. Yeah, and I think this is, I think what Nima says is right, that he just wants his parents to hold their hands up and say, you know what, we fucked fucked up up and we're really sorry because actually he's fine. And he's successful. Yeah. And in 99 ways out of 100, he's going to be great. Um, but this is what I found being a parent is that it's the, it feels counterintuitive to apologize to your yeah. kids because you're the adult and you're the grown-up. And, of course, you're always right. And if you're not right, then they're only kids. And, the, you know, what the fuck? Yeah. But actually, right. what I've had to really learn is that saying sorry to your kids and owning your shit to your kids is hands down the most important thing you can do as a parent. Absolutely. So I get that. It actually doesn't matter why one month turned into nine. It doesn't matter. I mean, I'm interested as to why they decided that splitting the kids up and putting them on different sides of the country would be the right thing to do. Like, I don't get that. But but it doesn't actually matter in the grand scheme of things. I think Nima's right. All he needs to hear his parents say is, we fucked up. We're really sorry. We're sorry. Yeah. We had a narrative going on that you'll never, ever know about. Despite all that, we made the wrong decisions. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, it's not easy. And I hope he gets closure in some ways because I see he's a really good guy, but the anger is a lot. And I get it. Oh, yeah. Totally. Totally. Um, And then Reza and MJ. In Hawaii. So the group goes to Hawaii, which 
interestingly enough, MJ, Tommy, Reza, and Adam were supposed to have like a joint honeymoon in Hawaii, which obviously is not going to happen now um, because Adam has given Reza like the edict that he wants nothing to do with MJ. He never wants her in his home. He, he does not want to talk to her or anything like that, which I think is a little crazy. It's ridiculous. But he'll, if MJ and Reza yeah. ever actually make up, he'll bend and it'll be fine. Like, dude, you're not in a position to be making these yeah. kinds of claims. Like, you fucked up. You right. fucked up. This is own all your shit, you, dude. This Adam, is own all your shit. because you fucked yeah. up. Yeah. Like, right. Anyway, but I agree. And anyway, they go to Hawaii and I feel like they really have a huge breakthrough. Yes. I feel like they ha- like they have real talk. They both admit that they weren't there for each other at pretty important parts of their lives, apologize for it, and realize they had no empathy for each other at that moment in time. And I think that's the real key. Like, as yeah. much as we've been very much focusing on MJ lying in hospital, I, I think what the last couple of episodes have made very clear to us is that actually... Reza's relation marriage was on the rocks and fuck, yeah. we've all been there too. And, Absolutely. You know, and so while his marriage was on the rocks and she was going through that, both of them were unable to kind of empathize with the other. And so I think that's where- Or the, be there for each other when they really other. both needed it. Of yeah. course. And I think that's where this sort of break has happened. And I think that them recognizing this has been huge. And- like we talked about last week, I can't decide whether they're just really great at social media and they still fully believe that, that and they're right. actually still not friends or whether they're just doing it to tie in with the show. But I can't yeah. see how they can take such a massive backward step after such a big breakthrough. No, me neither. And I don't know if we're going to see it in later episodes, but this episode warmed my heart and made me really believe that there could be a future where they are friends and where they really connect. I agree. I mean, I think MJ's meeting with Destiny went okay. I feel like her bringing in Ali was weird. Uh, yeah, that was not a good choice, in my opinion. Me neither. Um, I think it, it was a reluctant reunion on Destiny's behalf with MJ, but yeah, she seemed to think that MJ had set Ali up to kind of say that he was lying. She didn't believe him. I don't know. But I do think that MJ and Reza are in a good place, and I really hope that Hawaii follows in these footsteps. Me too. Me too. I hope that's what we see for the rest of their time in Hawaii. But um, Me too. I hope that Reza we'll gets to be Uncle Reza to baby Shams. Also, just a quick note, fucking love that Tommy's like, babe, I've got Shams, you go to Hawaii, chill out. And Sarah's like, what's yes. he doing? Can he handle it? It's like, don't even. I don't like Sarah. I don't, I don't like, like her, her at all. all. I don't like I her think she's like a one little bit. No, I love that Tommy's like, I've got everything. You go lay on the beach. You make things right. I got you. Like, I bet Tommy's none of a those, good man. Tommy's a great man. And, and I don't mean to be uh, make a generalization, she says, just before she makes a massive generalization. Right. <laughs> but I don't think any of those Persian guys sat around there would be taking a new baby going, babe, I got this. You go off to Hawaii for five yeah. days. I don't think they no, would. absolutely. No, and I mean, they obviously, they have help as well. Like, there is a nanny there, but still, like, he's he's doing that stuff, and he's cool with it, and he's supportive of her, and I think that's what I love about Tommy. Like, he is rough around the edges. He calls it like he sees it. 
yes, he acted badly, you know, with Reza, but I like that Reza even said to her, like, he was just doing what I did to Allie for you. Like, I get it. We're all cool about that. Like, I understand where all that stuff comes from. So I, I, I don't want to see the demolition of this friendship that we see rebuild because I think it's going to be catastrophic. I just don't want to see it, but I agree. I'm hoping it doesn't happen. I can't imagine. Like, honestly, if either of you are listening, MJ or Razor, there is genuinely nothing, nothing that you can't get over to salvage a 30 year friendship. There's nothing. And maybe it just takes time, but there's nothing. And I really hope this is the beginning of them re- reforming Me that too. relationship. But we'll just have to see. Um, yes, we will. Until next week. Uh, thank you for we sticking did it, with guys. us for we eight got shows. Eight shows, which is like a record for us it's a, it <laughs> in is this a short record. period of time. <laughs> it is. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to go pour myself another G&T. But before I do that, I think we should remind Excellent. you that we would always, always love and appreciate any ratings and reviews. So even if you've listened to us just once or if you've listened to every episode of that we've done, which I think we're at like, is this 33? This is 33. So we are like half, like we're over halfway through the year. Wow. That we've done this. Well, Just please, crazy. wherever you listen, please, please rate and review because it is the biggest thing for us in terms of growing the podcast. So we'd really, really love it. In the meantime, send all your thoughts over to hey at tvmyhusbandhates.com. Um, yeah. And. Or also, sorry, just to butt in real fast before you, Do you end. We are on YouTube now. We have legit videos on there now. This one will be up as soon as uh, we get done with it. So head over there and you can actually see what we look like today. We're twinning in animal print and red lips. Totally uh, we, non-planned. Non-planned. We just turned up wearing an animal print vest and red lips because that's how we roll. Yep. Um, but listen, thank you for joining us once again. We'll be back next week. But until then, remember, smart people watch reality TV too. Have a great week. Bye. Bye-bye. Please subscribe, rate, and review TV My Husband Hates wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TV My Husband Hates and join the Facebook group to keep the conversation going when the podcast ends. If Twitter's your thing, you'll find us at TV Husbands Hate. The music and production for TV My Husband Hates by Jimmy Sims.